Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. Not joining me, as always, is uh, DJ Mark. Unfortunately, some... uh, Mark couldn't make the podcast this week. Got to deal with a personal matter. He'll be back next week. Um, Miss you, buddy. Miss you, indeed. Um, But joining me this week, Lavender Gooms himself. Not Uh, as always, majority of the time, unlike uh, DJ Mark. I want to wish all of you, especially you, Bobby, a national, what, what's the, day, what the fuck is the day? Labor Day. Happy Labor Day. But more importantly, September 8th, I want to wish all of you a very happy World Ampersand Day. I mean, we're say that same. again. World Ampersand. I'm going to go ahead and day. wish my dog a happy birthday preemptively. She turns 10 Ooh, years. She, on the 10th, she is turns it Luna's five, birthday? On the 10th, she turns five years old. So let me get, we're just calling shit out for later this week. By the way, I don't know if you listened to the podcast, but Mark Mark kept the gimmick up for you and was Googling, was Googling I that stuff. I was very happy about that. Shout out to Mark. Um, ladies and gentlemen, um, we're going to talk a little bit about, I mean, fuck it, boys. It's Nate Diaz fight week. And right. this is the last Nate Diaz fight week in the UFC. Though if he somehow pulls this off. I feel they should walk backstage, offer him $20 million a fight, and ask him to stay. Because that that's what happens if he wins this fight somehow. Just putting that out there. Um, we're going to talk about this fight card, man. Um, a much maligned fight card in terms of star power. And uh, it's interesting, Mike. We got a card here that's actually pretty decent in terms of, like, the quality of the fights. Like, the matchups. But you just, at no point, none of the fights are just like, why? For all of them, pretty much, you're like, why is this on pay-per-view? Why are they charging me money for this? Where's the other title fight? Where's the other five-round fight? What are we fucking doing here? Why are we making it so obvious that we're trying to make it so Nate Diaz gets as little money as possible on the pay-per-view back end here? Um, try to support Nate Diaz and buy his t-shirt, Mike. And I went to his website, and all the fucking t-shirts are sold out. The only thing there was a rally towel. Well, sadly, the way I know I'm going to support Nate Diaz um, is I'm going to buy this, this pay-per-view full freight even though I also know that helps the USC and Dana White's big, bald, pink head. But I want to help in whatever little way I can so that people can see, yo, Nate still gets those numbers. I just like that Mike's just coming and lying to all of you. Um, we're <laughs> I know whenever we do this and it's just me and you, it just falls into silliness. We're <laughs> three minutes and 20 seconds in counting the intro. So really like 250. Fucking let's go, buddy, buddy. Let's get into it. Um, we're going to talk about the card from this past weekend where the UFC made their debut in France. And what a crowd, man. Um, yeah. uh, we know the uh, French have a have a martial arts culture with the kickboxing specifically. Didn't really know what it was gonna, how it was going to go with MMA. We know Bellator's already been there. They managed to snooze it up with Czech Congo versus Ryan Bader a few years ago. Way to go, team. Well done. But this was the first time the UFC was in town. So we're going to talk about that. 
We're going to talk about some fight news uh, in the boxing world that would probably affect Nate Diaz because Jake Paul's out here trying to really just... I mean, I fumble the bag. What's happening here? Is he trying to... Is, is he just laying the bag too close to an inferno? Because uh, we're going to talk about Jake Paul and Anderson Silva. And at least I think this is a terrible idea um, for Jake Paul. Just my two cents. Um... Then we'll make our picks for UFC 279. There is no Bellator card uh, this weekend. There is no one card that I can that I see this weekend. Got ourselves a contender series and an LFA card. Uh, maybe. There's no fights listed for the LFA card, so who knows if it's happening. Um, but we're going to get into it now. Um, and then at the end, we're going to probably, I mean, there was about 15 hours of wrestling on TV. Not an exaggeration. Um, and then the most interesting part actually the most interesting part was on screen the second most interesting part was hey man cm punk want to fight mike uh they beat up two brothers from southern california <laughs> not not uh, brothers as in like siblings <laughs> yeah not not he doesn't mean brothers as in like two black dudes yeah no he beat that's up two, not what he meant he beat up two jesus freaks from uh, rancho cucamonga um weighing a combined uh, 315 pounds maybe um, I find it I find it so weird that the young bucks are Jesus freaks. I mean, just you don't you don't see that from their ring getups. You don't I mean, see Jesus freaks. In fair, I mean, I don't know. They're I think they play it up too. Some of it is a gimmick when they say they're Christian as fuck. Anyway, listen or as F. I apologize. They don't say the F word. Um, all right. UFC in Paris was this past uh Saturday morning for us here in the West Coast. I think afternoonish for you, uh evening for them. At the Acor Arena in Paris, France, in front of 15,000 people, drawing a, drawing a gate of $3.2 million. Uh, it's quite a fucking gate for a non-pay-per-view. Um, let's see if I can pull up the last point of reference. That Utah, that pay-per-view, the last pay-per-view, they had 3,000 extra people, but they drew $4.2 million, So Dominic and Vera only drew 1.7. So these guys are getting got some cash out of France there in the debut event. Um, really, Mike, this was, uh, I think the way they booked this thing was kind of perfect. They sent their, they sent the biggest French star they could, Cyril Gon, uh, the former interim champion, the man who would not, would it not be for his awful takedown defense, um, be the current UFC heavyweight champion. Yeah. But, um, I know after the last fight with, um, Nganu, I think the three of us all said, uh, we want to see Gon fight Curtis Blades. Like, let's see if he can improve, and let's face the only other dude who knows how to wrestle. Like, what Gon? I mean, let's see the guy who knows how to wrestle, like who uses a re wrestling as a style. Let's see if Gon's got any improvement. UFC, on the other hand, probably smartly said, "We would like to make money in France, and we're not going to let this dude get uh, lay and prayed for five rounds by Curtis Blades." And, <laughs> and if Francis is leaving at the end of the year, they would like whoever's going to be their next heavyweight champ to look dominant and, and it might be this know, guy not not be coming off a loss yeah um, exactly so i think they did the right thing here yeah um they instead sent uh tai tuivasa flew him from australia in coach they what they offered they tried they bought to try to buy him a coach ticket from australia mike i thought i thought he was training out of dubai i thought i heard that in the uh broadcast i'm not sure that makes it any better <laughs> no, no, no. I, mean, I don't think, I mean, I'm so not sure it makes that much better. A man, a man that big should have He's 6'2", 265, and he's in the main fucking event. Yeah. What was that gate? One it's second, let me pull that gate number up again. 
three point two point something. Yeah, three three million two hundred thousand four hundred twenty two thousand forty two thousand eight hundred thirty seven. Maybe spend the extra that eight thirty seven at the end. Why don't you tack that on to the end of Ty's flight? Make that shit you can't, business class. You can't. You can't. You can't be in the main event of a UFC card and be in boarding group D. You you can't. There's times where I swear they put like I see like Kane Velasquez was like getting on Southwest trying to go to fucking Vegas because it was a close flight, and I'm like that's not a no. I've been on that flight. Hey, Kane deserves better. But you know what? If Meghan Markle and Prince Harry can fly commercial to go to the UK this past weekend, I mean, it's tied to Ivasa thinks he's better than the. He is. This is come he, on. He man. earned the main event. They didn't earn anything. <laughs> Yo, she was Rachel Zane, bro. How dare you? I mean, okay, she can pay full price. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, we all kind of knew going into this one, this is gonna be an uphill battle for Ty. Like, just. And look, we're not going to try to act like any of us are Mark here and break this fight down that deep, guys. Just letting you know. But we knew this was going to be a, a uphill battle. Just the matchup was horrible for him. He uh, gone was could gone could stay on the outside. Fucking pot shot him for twenty five minutes. Yep. Ty was going to have to take chances. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened in this fight. Uh, for most of the fight, Gone was able to keep the distance very well. He had a very good jab going throughout the three rounds of this fight, and. Ty, he was successful at times at taking chances, uh, you know, sprinting in and getting some pretty good, uh, pretty good hooks in. Uh, knocked, gone down in the second round and was able to wobble him in the in the third round as well. But to be frank, Gon's stand up was was just more versatile and he was able to control the distance better. His front kicks to the midsection, his his uh, his regular just body kicks to the midsection as well. They were just working with him all all fight, and eventually they they took they took their toll on on Tuivasa, which led to to the TKO. Oh, you you muted, Bob. Oh, sorry. The only person attempted to take down this fight was Ty Tuivasa after he got his shit rocked. Um, yeah, he landed a hundred and ten significant strikes in a fight that went about three rounds. You're you're referring to gone gone. Yes. Yes. Um. Really poured it on in that third round. He landed at a 73% clip. Went to the body. Like, he went to the body a lot, quite frankly. Um, Ty really Ty really went for it, but he took, he ate 30 body shots in this fight. I'm, I'm amazed it was only 30. You said 30 or 38? 30. 3-0. I'm, I'm amazed it was only 30. It felt like Gon was kicking him in the stomach throughout the three rounds way more than 30 i times. think it was really he got hit with 16 of them in the third round that really it really started ramping up there i um i came out of this fight i don't think ty tuivasa lost anything i think honestly i, th I think we should all thank ty tuivasa because that fight was going to just be five rounds of him getting jabbed and just he didn't he, he knew what the risks he was taking and he went out there and he had the crowd cheering for him at the end man people were not booing ty tuivasa when it was over so no um after uh, Cyril and uh, I guess uh, Nganu was there, uh, went to the fights, looked excellent, looked like he was in vacation mode with that beautiful shirt of his. That uh, did not look like Nganu, man. Like yeah. when you sent me that picture earlier, I thought, no, no this is someone impersonating Nganu. Yeah, that was Nganu. Uh, apparently, Cyril saw him, gone on him, gone on Nganu, dapped it up a little bit. No real beef between those two. The beef was really with. Um, Gon's coach who went on like a media tour of like talking about the relationship with Francis. 
I remember, remember that before, remember that before the first, the fight that like half the thing was about how Francis used to train with these dudes. And I remember thinking like, you're taking a lot of attention off of your, your guy. I mean, like I know Fernand Lopez is a good coach and all, but like, come on, man, this isn't about you. You know, like this is a heavyweight title fight. No one gives a shit about you. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, MMA fans love drama. Um, Good performance for Gone. Really puts himself in a position, Mike. You got to think that he's. I mean, we're going to keep him away from Curtis Blades. Basically, we're going to keep him away from guys who can take him take him down until he. We get a, until the next big fight. It looks like we're getting. I mean, the, the word on the street has been Jones versus Ngannou or Jones versus Stipe at the end of the year. Um, I don't think neither of those would be for the belt. I think well, Ngannou would be for the belt. But they're saying Stipe That's, might be interim. I'm assuming I'm assuming Ngannou doesn't come back to the UFC. Period, or just he's not going to make it for by the end of the year. No, I say uh, uh, let's just assume he doesn't come back to the UFC, right? So um, let's play one of our favorite games. When somebody wins, who would they fight next? And especially when that person was already a number one contender, like Gan was. If Ngannou does leave, Gan would be up. For the next title fight, who for that for whatever that vacant belt would be, and if that's the case, would Stipe want to fight Jones, or would Stipe want to fight for the belt? I don't think John? Stipe has any stay in saying this matter. I think John Jones has all the say in the matter, and I think it's going to be. I think John Jones is fighting for an inter- interim title at the end of the year against Stipe. Do you, Do you think Jones has any say? This, okay, I'll leave it this as way. We ta- as we I talked think, about think- nauseum, as we talked about nauseum, the UFC doesn't need John Jones. The UFC doesn't like anybody in this equation. It's great. They don't like Stipe. They don't like John Jones. They don't like Ngannou. They might like Jones more than the other two, and that's impressive. Like that, that's the thing. Thanks, I think, Mike. That's that's impressive. Look, I think they're going to put on a pay per view at the end of the year in Las Vegas, and I think you're not going to headline it with Stipe Miocic versus Francis uh, versus uh, Cyril Gon. I just don't think you are. Yeah. Um, shout out to Stipe just not fighting anybody, just hanging out, and they're like, "You want a title shot, baby?" <laughs> Stipe's like, "Yeah, okay, no problem." <laughs> What was Stipe's last fight? Uh, Francis Ngannou. <laughs> that feels like that was a while ago. It was at least a year ago, minimum. March, March 27th, 2021. Yeah, okay. 15 months. No, 20 months ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll see what's going on, man. The heavyweight division's got some guys, though. And I'm, you said that you were pointing out the rankings. Sorrell's ranked number one after Francis, followed by Stipe, then Ty. I'm assuming this hasn't been updated. Followed by Curtis Blades, and then Sergey Pavlovich at five. I mean, the logic here tells you Cyril's fighting if he's fighting anybody, and it's not Stipe. The next the guy on that list is Curtis Blades. They you don't do. want to see that. You don't want to see that. I actually, I want to see it. Event. I just don't think maybe they'll maybe they're comfortable doing it now that uh they got their big paycheck out of France. I mean, you don't have to do the fight there, and it's also not like Jones and Stipe are the most reliable. I mean, okay. It's not like Jones is the most reliable human being in the world. Just throw that fight as the undercard. On the undercard. Have those two dudes, you know, be on the undercard of that card, of that pay-per-view. Just an yeah, idea. I guess that wouldn't be the worst. Just an idea. Um, Good fight, though, man. Honestly, really, really good fight. Um, clear fight of the night. Um, The other, uh, the co-main event, though. Uh, This was... This was free money. No one's beating this guy besides Israel Adesanya in this weight class. He, like about half, in, somewhere in the second round, it felt like you really felt uh, Robert Whitaker 
And I'm talking about Robert Whitaker versus Marvin Vittori. Looked like Robert Whitaker really hit his stride. And like, he was just, you know, practicing. It was like yeah. it was like it was like three ninjas with a sparring dummy. Like he was just lighting this motherfucker up. All right. Just ding, 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 ding. Look, that's, Jesus. this is how you like know. An almost, like an almost 30-year-old movie reference. Okay, and first, an obscure movie reference oh, at that. Let me tell you right now. If you're a millennial, there's nothing obscure about the three about three ninjas. Every one of us saw this I movie. Gu- I, I guarantee you, you ask a bunch of like mid-30s and up boys, like not all of them have seen mid three ninjas. I'm gonna assume not all? most of them haven't. I'm most, gonna assume most of them haven't. Are you kidding? Well, maybe I grew maybe it was just my town, but if I start a Rocky Loves Look, Emily chant among a bunch I, of thirty or five year olds, they're all joining in. Okay, and with and with three ninjas knuckle up, it was Rocky Loves Mio. Yes, yes, yes. No, Look, no, that, that was what I was good. Fan, I'm a fan of Rocky, Colt, and Tum Tum, just like uh. just like you are. But I think we are overplaying Yo, how popular. Remember those when they did were. like they were just dunking on motherfuckers? And like that, that looked like those dudes were living the greatest life in history. <laughs> okay. Just letting one you of know. The greatest, one of the greatest movie lines ever. Colt, you want a little hay? <laughs> Yo, come on. Mid-30s gang. Tell me you saw you saw three ninjas, okay? Mid-30s. Don't talk to me if you're 31. Don't talk to me if you're 41, all right? The heart of the millennials here, okay? You saw three ninjas? And you know what? You might have saw the second one where they were playing baseball in Japan. And not not a lot of you saw the third one with Hulk Hogan. <laughs> okay, it wasn't good. Wait, was the was the third one when they went to Japan? I thought the I think sec- was the, that was the second one. Yeah, the third one was Hulk Hogan. The, yeah, the, the, was, that was the, Nick Ninjas, uh, Three Ninjas, something about a playground or okay, some shit. First of all, that was the fourth one, apparently. Oh God, there was What's a third, third one. one. Wait, the third one wasn't the baseball one. Okay, yeah, the third one was when they went to Japan. Third one was Japan. Fourth one was the um, uh, roller coasters. The second one, they're battling an evil, wealthy, toxic waste dumper in order to save a local. I don't think I saw this movie. Straight up. Did you? Wait, so the one where they went to Japan was the third one. Yeah. What is this second movie where they're protecting a Native American village? Do you remember this? No. Did this come out in America? <laughs> I mean, it must have. I am amazed that after a movie where they're protecting a power plant, they actually had enough funds to go to Japan and kick back. Okay, the the, the first one, and by the way, folks, this is, Mark's not here, so tough shit, all right? So um, they, 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 drew, they got 41 million at the box office for the first one. This second mystery movie got 400 grand. I'm gonna say it didn't come out in this country because the third one, they went to fucking Japan and they, they, they still pulled in 12 million domestic. Like I'm just saying, that, I think it might be straight feel, to yeah, straight to the VHS. That's what I'm thinking. All right, we gotten really off topic here. Okay, I don't know where we were. Okay, back to Robert Whitaker. Marvin Vittori uh, had nothing for it. Marvin Vittori, I felt he was so delusional. Go ahead. I'm very sorry. Yeah. Just a bit of an update. <laughs> so. Three Ninjas Knuckle Up was shot the same year as the first film. But it wasn't released until 95. So Three Ninjas <laughs> Kicked Back actually came out first. If we had like a live stream, this is where you would just see the number of viewers go to zero. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. This is what people come to. It's Rocky like loves. Bullshit, and by the way, you're it's... complaining about not enough people saw that. That's a fringe movie. We just spent five minutes talking about the whole franchise. 
Just saying. Four hundred K. Jesus. Well, baby. I, I, nobody saw this. that movie. Nobody. I think I, well, the what's it called? The one did go to th- go straight to VHS. The Hulk Hogan one. Like that one, I know went to straight to VHS. I'm like nearly positive. Um. All right. Um. Marvin Vittori, buddy. I thought he yeah. was so delusional after the Is There a Lot of Sonya one. I know the thing where you raise your hand and you try to act like you won, but he still thought he won. Like a fight where he lost all five rounds. This one, he grabbed the microphone before Bobby Knuckles could talk and said some stuff in Italian, basically apologizing, saying that he would get it right and he'd be back. Better than ever. He's got, he's got to work on his stand-up game, man. He's not such a good grappler that he could definitely take these two dudes down. Couldn't get Izzy down. Couldn't get Bobby Knuckles. Did he even get, did he get Bobby Knuckles down at all? No, but um, Bobby Knuckles did get him down in the third round. Yeah, he took him down. Very, with a very nice double leg. Yeah, Bobby Knuckles is undersized of this weight class and, like, is still, like, I mean, Vittori only tried one takedown. Bobby Knuckles did what Tai Tuivasa would have liked to have done, considering both of those guys were undersized, um, in the height department and reach department compared to their opponents. With Robert Whitaker, he did a very good job of actually getting into range and utilizes kicks very well. He threw some very good leg kicks and his uh his head kicks were on point throughout all three of the rounds. Yeah, no in, uh in he didn't fight. miss at the leg. 19 of 19 significant strikes to the legs. You gotta you gotta do something about that, Marvin. Just saying. You, Marvin Vittori is a really good fighter. Uh, he re, fights really good and a granite chin. He's he's got a he's very aggro to the point that we think like it affect. I do think it affects his fighting sometimes. Yeah. Um, but he's only twenty eight, and his losses in his losses in the UFC, besides that really early one to Antonio Carlos Jr. are Izzy twice and Bobby Knuckles. Those are the best two dudes in this weight class. Period. This was for that uh, Joseph Benavidez championship. It was for the middleweight Joseph Benavidez title. Um, sometimes referred to as the middleweight John Fitch title. You know, the one where you, oh, John Fitch only lost to GSP once. But yeah, it's a Joseph Benavidez title. You lost to the champion twice. You're not coming back. It, it's just the way it is. Um, that, was, uh, that was just Bobby Knuckles, man, doing work, though. I don't believe he's going to 205 pounds. I think he that should be, just wait. pretty big. If, if Izzy beats... Alex Pajeda, we're kind of done here, right? Like in this weight class for Izzy, are we kind of done at that point? He would have cleaned out the division pretty well, even even against Alex Pajeda. Well, let let's me, face it the only the only real draw to this, and not to say Pajeda isn't a good fighter. I mean, he might but win. the only real and the only real draw to this is that because he's beaten Izzy in a kickboxing match before twice. Twice. Yeah. Okay. Twice. I mean, in fairness, like we're going to this thing. I'm excited. It is like it, he did get fast tracked, and we didn't see one guy. I mean, I mean, I'm still sitting here months later wondering how Sean Strickland didn't shoot one fucking takedown on a goddamn kickboxing. I remember Mark making his pick, saying, "I just think Sean Strickland isn't this dumb." And then we, uh, about 12 seconds in, we're like, "Oh, Sean Strickland's this dumb." Yep, he's this dumb. Um, this is the rankings at uh, middleweight. We can go ahead and say beat him, Mike. Anytime I hit somebody that uh, Izzy's beaten, okay? You can say beat him twice if it happened twice, too. <laughs> Bobby Knuckles. Right. Beat him twice. Jared Cannonier. Beat him. Marvin Vittori. Didn't he beat him twice? He did beat him he twice. Did, right? <laughs> he beat him twice. Yeah. Derek Brunson. Beat him. 
Alex Pajeda. Decisively. Yeah, that was wonderful. Alex Pajeda. <laughs> uh, has not beaten. That's, that's number five right there. Number six, Paulo Costa. Beat him. All right. Badly. Badly. Embarrassed him. Um, we are, and, then, and then dry humped him. After that, we got Sean Strickland, who I don't know, maybe broke his hand fighting a crackhead, he said, or something. I don't know. Maybe maybe he stubbed his finger. And also one of the stupidest game plans against yeah, Pajeda. But he also broke his hand fighting a crackhead, he said. More realistically, I think he probably punched something in training. Uh, Jack Hermanson's at eight. Not that close. We've all kind of wanted to, everybody's kind of been willing a Darren Till versus Izzy Adesanya fight because he's so tall and he's such a good striker and we think it'd be fun. That's, he's not that close. Andre no, Muniz, I mean, we're, we're down the line here. Gastelum beat him. Uh, people people got people to gotta win fights to get a title. And number yeah, 12 here, Nasruddin Imavov. We saw him fight this weekend. Here's a nice transition, buddy. It's like I've been doing this 10 years. Joaquin Buckley, Nasruddin Imavov. Mike, these dudes didn't like each other. I was going on. It seemed like real I, testy. I didn't know why. <laughs> yeah, I never caught any of the uh, any of the pre-fight mm. stuff, but based off when I was Imovov, Imov, well, that's a hard name to say. Um, when Imovov, uh, I think, what poked him in the eye or something, yeah. and and uh, the the referee called for a break, and he was still trying to get into Buffy's yeah. face. I'm like, yo, come on, dude. There's too much animosity here. Um, but. I mean, Imovov controlled that fight basically from the beginning. The only point of, uh, you know, I think applause for Buckley was that he just kept moving forward. I mean, he did take, I thought he took a round. He did take a round, right? Didn't he? Let me see. Did he? I thought he did. Let me, let me, let me look up MMA. Just well, yeah. Uh, actually, two of the judges had it 29-28. Okay, but... so let me see which round that was. Was it the, was it the second? Let me see. No, third round. Third round is when he made his move. Yeah, that was when Buckley really was rallying. Yeah, at the end. yeah, he, yeah, he really, uh, he really emptied the gas tank in that third round. Yeah, so I could see yeah. him taking that. Um, Imavov, though, really, I mean, Buckley's game, man, five ten, fighting a dude way too big for you, and yeah, I, I'm, I, seems I, to be seems to be a theme in the top three fights. So. Yeah, just wildly different sizes of human beings. Um, big pop for Nasruddin Imavov, though, man. The crowd was all about the. Anybody French on this card got huge cheers. The crowd was excellent. You got to think, though, also, man, these are, like, fight fans who've been in this country not seeing shit. Yeah. Like, but living that fight pass $20 pay-per-view life, though. Shout out. Way to go. Yeah, that's not bad. Um, But uh, Benoit, Saint, uh, Saint Denis on the undercard, they were treating this motherfucker like it was Hulk Hogan in 1987. Like, it was, whew. I mean, he was gonna. He was. He could have flexed on those crowds. They all would have been. No one went nuts. Um, good show. Jordan and Wood kicked off the main card. It was a good time. Overall, um, just yeah, they'll be back if with a crowd like this. They'll be back. Um, that was good for Gone to win the way he did. He did a lot for. Uh, I think he did a lot for future prospects and the idea that Frank like. A, if gone, if, if gone had just, you know, decisioned tie, it would have been one thing. He put a stamp on it. It was a wild fight. It was an entertaining fight. I think, uh, I mean, again, it's September. That fight happened was September 3rd. He's not fighting for anything for at least six months. Let's now, be honest. Just, just, just to give him his rose as well. I mean, gone isn't the only French pioneer here. Um, I mean, the current UFC heavyweight champion, 
calls France his home as well. Well, I know he's, but he's not born there. And we learned in the last fight between Gone and uh, and Ganu that things are treated. Look, it's the old uh, Robin Williams joke where he talks about Zinedine Zidane, you know, famous soccer player in France had the one who headbutted his uh, the Italian counterpart in the World Cup final and got thrown off the out of the game. There's the joke that like you know Zidane's a legend, you know he's you know they love him. He's you know his Zizou Zizou. He has a cute nickname Zizou. He headbutts an Italian, gets thrown out of the World Cup. All the French are like, he's fucking Algerian. Don't call him a Frenchman. You know, basically, is what, that's what we got with Nganu. Um, Nganu talked about it himself, how like he became French again after he beat Gon. Well, going into the fight, he wasn't French. Good <laughs> so, point. <laughs> you get it, man. You know, look, if, if you look, Mike, if you fought, if you fought Luke Rockhold <laughs> in a fight, they're chanting USA and it's not for you. <laughs> let's just yeah, not lie to us. Let's just be honest, right? Like that's what's be honest. What's going on here? Um, main I haven't of, spent a god. I haven't spent a goddamn season in DR. Yeah. <laughs> Fight of the night gone to Ivasa performances. Um, Abus Magomedov, um, who got a, who got a win with a nice front kick in 19 seconds, and then the aforementioned Benoit Saint Denis. Um, yeah, they'll be back. Acor Arena. Um, all right, Mike, MMA news this week. I think it's be hard to talk about anything besides the, what the, the man many consider to be the greatest of all time, Anderson Silva. We're, uh, we might fight Jake Paul here, buddy. I don't think, well, it's not Mike. Um, he is booked to fight Jake Paul in October. They, so. Is it official? Did they sign everything? Uh, Oh well, because we got we got about, we got Triller, we got Triller and I, Showtime talking, because those are the two parties here, the two people who have the rights. From what I, I heard, that's that's the fight that's gonna happen. I don't know if it's official though. I don't like this fight for Jake Paul. I don't think he's. I. I'm not gonna believe it's happening until he signs, and I think what happens this weekend is gonna dictate a lot of that. Because we all know there's a moment in time here for him to fight Nate Diaz. Yep. That is going to be that fight. It's weird to say because Anderson Silva's a better fighter than a Nate Diaz. He had a more successful MMA career. Um, now I don't know Anderson's a little older, but like Anderson is one of the greatest careers ever. Maybe the greatest champion the UFC, probably the greatest champion the UFC has that they're willing to acknowledge. Because there's this other dude who fights in Asia now who got even more title defenses. Um, I. But Nate Diaz and Jake Paul make a lot of money. Like, I'm just imagining those press conferences. Like, they will, the internet will run wild with a Nate Diaz, Jake Paul fucking matchup. You'll have all these PP Jake Paul people wondering why none of the bullshit Jake Paul says works on Nate. <laughs> oh, Nate just accuses him of being on steroids. <laughs> Look, I think that's the fight, man. I don't think I think this is a mistake. I think this is a risky fight. What is Jake? Three and zero? Uh, three and zero, four and zero. I think he beat KSI. He beat Nate Robinson. He beat he's four and zero because then he beat um Ben Askren and Tyron Woodley. Yeah, he beat Woodley twice. Five. He didn't 0. beat KSI. KSI was his brother. He beat Nate oh, Robinson. Okay. He beat he beat the younger brother. He beat the younger brother. I think I'm not sure that. Let's look this up. Also, how many of these are actually real fights, and how many of these are like? He's he's at least four and zero. Uh, my knowledge. 
Jake Paul. He is uh, five bouts. I would assume that would make him five and zero. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that so he fought some dude named. Okay, that's not a real name. A Anderson Gibb, one word. Okay. Then he fought a basketball player, a fat, out of shape welterweight MMA fighter, and a different and a and a wa and a not washed. He beat uh, Tyron Woodley. I don't think was totally done, but he beat Woodley twice. Um, I don't like this matchup, man. I think you and I learned a lot about Anderson Silva when he fought. Um, What's the dude he fought in Mexico and they tried to job him out of it still? Even though when he won, he won a split. Um, Cesar uh, Chavez Jr., Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Remember right. when like, Anderson yeah. beat him? Like Anderson yeah. beat him up. Like Anderson won like nine he rounds. Anderson Silva beat a former boxing champion. Yeah. Granted, I think it was like, you know, it, it, it's one of the many Alphabet Soup championships and Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Um, wasn't really known as a great boxer, but he was a boxer who won a a legitimate champion. He was the he won the WBC middleweight title. That's a real one. He won the actual WBC middleweight title. Then he fought Sergio Martinez, and we all were reminded how good Sergio Martinez is at boxing. But he's like he's got more name because of his dad. We all know this, but like that's a real yeah. boxer. And he beat his ass. Like it was he beat him up. Um, I I know Anderson's forty what seven. 45, 47. Um, I don't like this matchup. I, I do like the idea. I look, if, if there's no Nick, if there's no Nate Diaz, I'm okay with it. I think it's plays up the whole Jake's the biggest troll ever to MMA fans. And, you know, he's going to literally break all of our hearts if he knocks out Anderson Silva and all that stuff. But I don't think you sign this until you see what happens this Saturday. The, the reason why I am also, I mean, I really don't give a shit to be honest, what happens with, with Jake Paul. But at least in terms of the hype train, the reason why I'm afraid for him in this aspect is, okay, yeah, he beat a former champion in Ben Askren. Ben Askren has pillow hands. He was never known as a striker. Tyron Woodley, once upon a time, was known, was an aggressive striker who could knock people out, but somehow lost, you know, I don't know, yeah, the pen was, to well, his that trigger. First, that, that first round, the first fight, he was like, he hurt him. We're like, okay, Tyron, finish this kid. And he didn't throw and him. We're like, much what are you like doing? In his, much like in his last, like, five MMA fights, what was the, always the complaint? Man, this man just can't pull the trigger anymore. Yeah. Like, it's right there. You got Why the can't he do it? <laughs> with, with Anderson Silva, Anderson Silva, even being 47 years old, Anderson Silva was one of the greatest mixed martial artists, one of the greatest strikers to do mixed martial arts. In in our granted the, the the sports relatively short history, but if there's someone who could be that old and do the impossible and actually be really good at boxing at 47 years old, I'm gonna say it's gonna be Anderson Silva. Bro, when he was beating up Cesar Chavez Jr., I think I told you, I'm like, remember Anderson talking about fighting Roy Jones all those years? And we're like, the UFC's never going to book that because Roy Jones will beat his ass. I'm not saying he would have won, but I'm just like, they could have done that fight. And Anderson would have acquitted himself fine. That's what my takeaway was. Like, Anderson in his prime would have acquitted himself fine. I do think it'd be funny if he fought Jake Paul and we got to see Anderson doing his fucking, like, troll shit. Because Anderson hasn't been a troll in about... Anderson hasn't been a troll since he fought uh, Weidman. Weidman and broke his leg. Like he's taken this much more seriously. Even he didn't even and, he didn't even troll he didn't even troll in the rematch either, did he? He didn't troll in the what? rematch. He doesn't 
he doesn't have to worry about getting his leg broken in boxing. He might do like he might just lean against the ropes and break do the like come over. Come on, hit me. Hit me in the body. Let's see what you got, kid. I mean, it'd be funny. Um, but yeah, I don't sign that agreement if I'm Jake Paul, unless Nate loses. I mean, unless Nate gets hurt in a way that like they're like I I I know what Nate's not winning this fight. I would not I would not sign this thing. I see when Nate Diaz can fight. I see how hurt Nate Diaz is at the end of this fight. If Nate Diaz can fight in four months. Because apparently he still can't fight for 90 days, Nate. Even though this last fight on his deal, they can match or something. What? Well, uh, he, he's not okay. going to fight in 90 days anyway. Like, the way Nate cuts and bleeds, they can't do this. They're, just go ahead and write Super Bowl. Super Bowl weekend for this fight with Jake Paul. That's just my two cents. I, I mean, besides that, if they're going to book Jake Paul against Anderson Silva, I would love to watch Jake Anderson Silva. I, like, I, I, I watched him beat up Tito. We watched him by, I'm like, I'm all in on this Anderson Silva boxing career. It seems like he's having a good time. I will be happy for Anderson Silva. Um, I am, I am not like sad to say that, well, not sad. Well, what am I trying to say? Um, I am not shy to say that if he fights Jake Paul, he's going to beat Jake Paul. I'll be happy for Anderson Silva. Eh, I'll, I'll feel kind of bad that the, Jake Paul hype train is over, though. I mean, it was. I think it was. It's been fun. It's been an alternate income source for these MMA fighters. Honestly, I know the kid's a piece of shit, but everybody's a piece of shit. Like so many of these people are pieces of shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, put on blinders and shit. I'm trying to see. I had him. I was on the other day. I wonder if more uh, if it's changed the betting line for Anderson versus uh, Jake Paul. Yeah, Anderson's only minus one fifty five. Wow. Mike, we're. <laughs> They signed that thing. I'm immediately just, okay, I would like $100 on Mr. Silva. I would like to fit that amount right now. Um, I feel that's, that's, those are pretty good odds. Dude, uh, if they ever book Usyk versus Fury, Fury's minus 280. That's, I think he's going to win too. That's a, that's a good one. Um, all right. Um, I think that's really it. There's not a lot going on. Uh, I'm trying to see if any MMA news happened. Um, but, you know, we're here. Um, all right, UFC 279. I mean, there's ever been a more talked about UFC card for one that we all are wondering. This might be all the UFC's worst instincts to put in one card, Mike. Like, between the Diaz fight and the Ferguson fight, like, um, let's just fucking get into it, though. All right, do we, like, I don't think we need to rehash exactly how we got here with Nate Diaz. No. This is what this podcast is, but the UFC's have has ordered Nate Diaz's execution at the hands of uh, Kamzat Chimaev. Uh, Nate Diaz asked for this fight. He asked for it immediately after seeing Kamzat fight Gilbert Burns, which I think all Nate, I think what Nate saw, Mike, honestly, beyond thinking he can get this guy involved in a in an emotional fight where the guy's gonna gas, I think Nate probably saw a hole here or there that if he does put him in that position, that's how Nate wins fight. It's kind of the Diaz brothers playbook, right? You piss them off until they get tired. I'm not saying it's gonna work, but I think that's what Nate saw. That's had to be it. I mean, if that's the case, um, I haven't really heard him say anything. Um, perhaps he thinks he can just piss him off to the point. Or he just really is trying to get out of the fucking deal. Might just be that. <laughs> it could be that. I think it's more that he he had a thought like, you know what? This will be the quickest way to get a fight. Because if not, the UFC isn't going to give me anything. I Nate is a lot smarter than people probably think. He's not just some punk from Stockton. Um I mean, he's a, he's a Diaz brother. He probably thinks he can win every fight. 
Um, but he probably thought, you know what, this is just the best way to get out of my deal, get it over with, not have to wait until like what fucking February or whatever was the yeah. case that his contract was going to end. Um, and at the end of the day, he's a fighter. He loves a challenge. And this is a big fucking they, challenge. They couldn't right? even, they could they literally couldn't book him any later than this. It's funny. Like they couldn't even force him to fight this dude in Abu Dhabi because it's too late. They would have done it. They would have sent his ass to Abu Dhabi to lose to this dude. You know, you know they would have. Um, yeah. Betting odds for this one. I have not seen a something like this in a while. Honestly, this is this is kind of nuts. Um, on DraftKings, I've seen what happened to it. Just realize that it's not it's not on Best Buy. You got to scroll all the way down to future events for some reason. Uh, I don't know. What, oh yeah, it's not. It's not. Great. Oh wait, that's right. That's Nick Diaz. Where the hell is the Nate Diaz one? I'm not seeing Nate Diaz on Best All right, Fight you go to you, you just okay. I'm gonna pull up. You you go to FanDuel. The other one's on the UFC website. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, the betting odds for this one, because Best Fight odds. I mean, I can't complain about a free service, I guess. But come on, get it together. Um, minus eleven fifty on DraftKings for Kamzat Chimaev, plus seven fifty for Nate Diaz. Those of you who don't understand gambling, which I feel we need to do a refresher every now and then, Mike. This seems like a good time. Minus eleven fifty means minus means you're the favorite. Meaning eleven fifty means you have to bet one thousand one hundred and fifty dollars to win a hundred dollars. Meaning you have to bet eleven hundred and fifty dollars for to make any money on Kamzat Chimaev. That is a very heavy favorite. And for your edification on FanDuel, uh, Kamzat is a minus twelve hundred. Favorite. Yeah, Nate coming in at plus seven fifty on draft on DraftKings. Uh FanDuel, I'm gonna guess around plus seven something also. FanDuel plus six thirty. Yo, so I'm definitely I'm definitely not laying them fifty bucks on, on FanDuel. I'm not slamming FanDuel here because I know you whatever, you're a big FanDuel fan, at least just your gimmick. The uh, it seems like DraftKings pays better just across the board when we do this. Like it seems like if you're betting on an underdog, it pays better, and the favorites are bigger favorites on Dra- FanDuel. Wait, what, are you trying, what are you trying to say? I think my, FanDuel uh, is... Uh, my my loyalty is... to FanDuel is a work? Is that what you're trying well, to say? Well, okay, let me tell you what's going on over on Bavada. Over on Bavada, we got Nate Diaz coming to this one as a plus six... Oh God, they're even worse. Plus 600 underdog to minus 1,000 for Kamzat. If you want Nate by TKO or KO or DQ, is plus 2,500. Nate by submission is plus 1,200. When they release Nate by any sort of finish, Mike, how much money are you losing on Nate? Uh, I think I'm a bet. If Nate's gonna win, it ain't gonna be by decision. I'm saying Nate by finish, whatever finish is, any finish. That's what I'm betting. I'm I'm putting fifty. Yeah. Nate by finish. Nate by Nate on fifty by finish. Let me be clear by though. My, Mark's pick for this one, Cam's at Chimeyev. My be- pick for this one, Cam's at Chimeyev. Mike, your pick for this fight. Oh come on, dude. I'm laying fifty because that's my guy. Yeah, this might be the last time we ever see okay. Nate, uh, Nate Diaz fight in the UFC. Say the words. And I and I am a uh, I'm a plus ratings whore when yeah. it comes to betting. So I lose so much money. Yeah, I'm going with Chavez, dude. Yeah, come on, come on now. I am. I, I'm not. I'm not fat. Yeah, adventure. Mike's like I want I'll a belt. Bet, <laughs> I'll bet. I'll bet my money. No problem. All right. I'm not trying to jeopardize my uh, you know, my chances at the belt. Um, yeah, exactly. Money's nothing. Fake belt. The, the, the Velcro belt is where it's at. Um, all right. Yeah. I, it's hard to pick against Chimeyev, man. He hasn't lost yet. He looks like a killer. If Nate pulls this off, Mike, just like, I try to imagine it in your head. Nate pulls this off. Nate chokes this dude, right? I'm, 
I'm also hoping that I'm giving him good juju by betting against him in the uh, official It's Some Amazing, you know, uh, you know, picks, right? So that way he could actually win. So that way I'm happy because Nate won, and then I'll be happy because I'll have bet 50 bucks on like a plus 2,500, you know, underdog. Yeah. Um, I lost my train of thought. Anyway, um, yeah, if he wins this, Mike, realistically, when Dana White's head is purple and he can't go talk to him, they got to send Ari Emanuel or Patrick Whitesell back there to talk to Nate Diaz, right? Like, you don't let oh, him leave. You don't let him leave if he wins, right? Like, whatever he wants. Or do you not care? Honest question. Do they not care? Like, because there's... If, you, you Honestly, he doesn't deserve a title shot. And Nate no. doesn't fight that often. He beats Cam Zatchemeyev. He just beat the number one contender. He beat the he beat the highest ranked contender at that point, not named um, Kamara Usman. I'm almost if, positive. If the way you think of the fight game is that when you beat someone and you that you take their rank because yeah, the Shang Tsung I mean, belief if, on fighting, you take his soul, yeah, you take it all. <laughs> if if you beat the number one. That means you're now the number one. In fairness, right? Colby Covington's conceivably. A, Colby Covington's ahead of Cam's that too, but he's not getting a title shot. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, they asked Leon, "Would you give Nate a title shot if he won?" And Nate's like, Leon's like, "Yeah, man. Why the fuck not?" Nate's a gangster. Yeah, Le- Leon wants to get paid. No, Leon said he wants. Leon says Camaro deserves a title shot, and they should give it to us in England, which they should. That's free. That's easy advertising. Um, all right, you ready to move on? Yeah, buddy. Oh, okay. Um, Could you not hear me? Sure. Um, co-main event, Li Jing Lang versus uh, Tony Ferguson. Minus the number 14 welterweight taken on the number 11 lightweight on short notice for both of them. Uh, Tony Ferguson, last time we saw him, he got front kicked by Michael Chandler into the next dimension. That was, I think, four months ago, Maybe. Uh, give or take. Yeah, beginning of May. So about four months. Um, he's lost four straight against killers. Gaethje, Oliveira, Dariush, Chandler. That's just the top five of the weight class, basically. Four guys from it. The Leech, Li Jing Lang. I think last time we saw him was when he bounced back from that Kamzat loss. And that was a bad one. That was a bad loss. That's the one where Kamzat was holding him in the air like a baby while talking to Dana White. Um... Bounce back and beat Muslim Salikov. That's tough. Salikov's a bad dude. Um, I hate this fight. I do not. I do not like it. I don't. I don't like putting Tony Ferguson in a short notice fight. I don't like Tony Ferguson fighting a guy this difficult to beat, where he's not going to make a lot off beating him. Like we all know how good Li Jing Lang is. Yeah. Um, but he's a. T- he's not. You can't knock him out. He's only been tapped out twice. He's huge. He hits like a fucking truck. He's got 14 finishes and 19 wins. I don't like this at all. It seems like they're just like they needed a fight and they just called up Tony and whatever. Tony's not getting pay per view points. Game. Tony yeah. doesn't get pay per view points. I think Tony makes like a few hundred grand a, a show. You know, they're like, whatever, we'll eat that. Um, I'm trying to see if I had they have his last payout. Um, let's see if Phoenix. Also, I, I don't think you mentioned the the odds. Uh, I think you mentioned that Liang is the favorite. No, I did not say it. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Jing Liang is on DraftKings a minus 305 favorite. Ferguson's plus 255. 
And on FanDuel, a minus 295 favorite Ferguson's plus 220. Mark Scott, Li Jing Lang. I got Li Jing Lang. As we all should have, Li Jing Liang. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hope, I hope it, I, hope, I, I don't know if this is Tony's last fight or anything. I'm just trying to see how much Tony makes, honestly. And it's, it's, it's a step down from the competition Ferguson has been fighting, but it's not a big step down. Um, as you mentioned, while Liang is still not very well known, I would think, to maybe the more casual fan, mm. we know that he's a very good fighter. Um, I think his only loss in his last, like, what, four or five fights has been to Kamzat, and everyone's been losing to Kamzat. Um, this is going to be a very tough fight for Ferguson. Um, it's not impossible no, for, no. Yeah. for him to for him to win because before he did get you know head kicked in his last fight, so Ferguson did look pretty good in that fight mm-hmm. up until you know he got his consciousness got separated from the rest of his body. So it is possible that he still has a little bit in the tank and can surprise us on this short notice fight. Yeah, he um, he won the first round, all three judges scorecards. Then he got front kicked in the second round because Michael Chandler in the UFC just just throwing heat. Everything's heat. Um, I think we're I think we're picking one more fight, right? If I'm not mistaken, we are. Yeah, the UFC. Kevin so, Holland versus Daniel. Rodriguez. Yeah, the UFC was desperate to fill this card with anybody they could. Kevin Holland will fight anybody in between stopping crime. Um, you know. In his native Riverside, it's what he does. He also beats up internet trolls. He'll fly you out and beat your ass in the gym if you talk shit. Really, this Kevin Hall is a real interesting dude, you know, in terms of MMA. Just an interesting cat. Um, Taking on Daniel you Rodriguez. Think, uh, quick question. Do you think he flies them first class, or do you think he flies them coach? I mean, if the, I mean, he sees the thing. It's, if he's not selling tickets to it, I, I think coach. But he also mm-hmm. airs it. He also puts it on internet, so I don't know. He might be gives him a gift bag at the end. Something maybe maybe he has like a part-time job at like Delta and like he flies people out with like buddy passes mm. but like they got to fly standby. Seriously, like if you look at like his Wikipedia, Kevin Holland in the personal life, October 2021, Holland stopped at a lead carjacker in his neighborhood. Per reports, Holland chased the man down, subdued him until police arrived. That's October 2021. March 2022. Holland said that him and his training partner stopped a shooting in Houston in a Houston, Texas restaurant. Man, uh, the man heard a shot while at a restaurant and saw a man with a weapon who was being wrestled by a member of the public after removing the gun from the shooter's hands. Holland said he subdued the man by placing him in a rear naked choke. All those people have guns and Kevin Holland had to be the one to put him in a choke. I thought that was the whole thing about all these dudes carrying six shooters in Texas. Um, May 2022, Holland revealed that he had rescued a driver from an overturned tractor trailer. Holland had watched a driver speed up and lose control while joining the freeway, sliding off the embankment and flipping over. Holland got out of his car and got the man out from his truck, which was leaking fluid that Holland feared was going to cause an explosion because Holland saw the same movies we did. Um, You know what's funny? Two of those are him telling the story. What if, like, it's Kevin Holland just hyping his own shit up? (laughs) Like, man, no one wants to hear the story. They want to hear the legend. It's like that story about Derek Lewis helping the guy with the Confederate flag during those floods in Houston. Derek Lewis went and, like, towed his ass out still. Got some good people in MMA here and there. Um, this fight's at 180 pounds because it's short notice for both him and uh, Daniel Rodriguez. Daniel Rodriguez is fucking tough as nails, man. Uh, he's 18 fights, 16 and two overall, eight knockouts, four submissions, four decisions. 
He beat Kevin Lee back in August, which I know Kevin Lee's here hit and miss, but that's not, you know, nothing to sneeze at. He beat Mike Perry, beat Dwight Grant, beat Tim Means, beat Gabriel Green. Only UFC loss so far is Nicholas Dalby, making him uh, 6-1 and one in the UFC. Not, not a bad resume for Mr. Rodriguez. Uh, Kevin Holland, on the other hand, um, might have been. I, I still don't know if I picked him as fight of the year, but I might have when he went five in a row during the pandemic in like six months. Uh, bounced back from some tough losses. Uh, middleweight, went back to welterweight. Uh, beat Alex, Preher, uh, Alex Oliveira. Um, I believe that's the Brazilian cowboy. And then, that beat, is. and then beat Tim Means. Both of them finishes, both in the second round. Um, let's look good, man. Really looked back on track. Um, made some improvements to his game. Uh, training with Travis Luter over there in uh, Southern California. Still only 29 years old, man. Six foot three welterweight. Fucking dude's all that limbs. Is, that is that is massive. Yeah. Um, Mark Scott Holland. Mark also had Lee Jing Lang, by the way, if I didn't say it. I got Kevin Holland. I'm getting the impression there might be a clean sweep here on this these three fights, period. There's going to be a clean sweep here on this one, Bobby. Yeah. Uh, I think Kevin Holland extends his win sweep. Um, yeah. Um, those are the ones we're picking. Um, other fights on this card. Irene Aldana, number four ranked bantamweight, is taking on Macy uh, Chiasen. Um, Irene coming off of uh, her bounce back win over Yana Kunitskaya um, when she missed weight bad, though. Came in at 140 pounds. Um, that was back in last July. Uh, kind of slowed her momentum before that when she lost uh, Holly Holm. Um, Macy Jason uh, just beat Norma Dumont back in May. It's not a bad fight. I'm really more interested in Johnny Walker versus Ion Kutulaba. Because these dudes are kind of crazy. I mean, Kutulaba is the one who keeps painting himself green because he's called the Hulk for the weigh-ins. Used to come out with that like doll where he would like print out on like basic ass printer printer paper his opponent's face and tape it to that like grappling dummy. That's Kutelaba. Johnny Walker's craziness has been established. Wild shit might happen in that one, man. And you know, that's it, this is it, a weird it, card. It definitely is a good fight because um, you know it's going to be an action fight to start the the main card. Uh, something on Kutelaba. I every time I see his name. I always assume he's Brazilian. Like I always, I always assume at first he's Brazilian. Me too, bro. Because Jan Kutalov is like, yo, this shit doesn't sound, can't sound any more Brazilian outside of if his last name was Silva. The motherfucker's from Moldova. Those are the whitest people ever from Moldova. Yeah. Um, interesting on this card, we also got our boy, the Huggy Bear, Chris Barnett, on the prelims. Taking on Jake Collier, like that fight. And um, did Norma Dumont's taking on Danielle Wolf. Danielle Wolf, Mike, is 5'11. Uh, she's a boxer. She won on the that Contender Series. Very tall lady. Yeah. F- uh, she was a U.S. national champion uh, 2013, 2014, 2015 in amateur boxing. Golden Gloves in 2014 um, out of Fort Lauderdale. She's 38 years old, though. And she's 1 0 in MMA. That contender fight thing was the only thing she's won, and she won it by decision. It's a featherweight fight, though. We actually too featherweight bad, fight. Uh, too bad she's uh, of advanced age already. 5'11. So we'll see. Norma Dumont uh, could use a W here. Um, coming off of that, uh, Macy Chiesa and uh, Chiesa. I can't say her name. Chiesa and loss. Uh, trying to get a bounce back here. It's a weird fight card. 
Um, you're definitely lying when you're saying you're going to pay them money for this, but whatever. Sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, another uh, uh, fun, uh, a fun fact, uh, I just remembered about uh, Moldova looking at Kutalaba. Uh, Moldova has the largest underground wine cellar in the world. How about that? Moldova? Moldova. That's right. Mike. Shout out, shout out to my uh, old coworker who was from Moldova who told me about that. This is what you guys come to this podcast for, right? I mean, that's why Mike and Mark not being here is not a problem. No real analysis from us this week. Um, Look, man. When it's me and Bobby, you learn that Moldova you know, how, has the largest okay, underground look, look, wine cellar. We're going to do 30. And three ninjas gross 40 mil. Yeah. We're going to do this real quickly. 30 seconds, Mike. Realistically, from a technique point of view, how does Nate Diaz beat Kamzat Shemayev? What does he need to do? What is the best case scenario, um, perfect thing for Nate to do? We're going to do a real, some real MMA talk here. How's he going to do it? Yeah, um, the way he would conceivably do it is if somehow he has been training his sprawling for the last five years in a row and he has just become the greatest takedown defense artist in the history of mankind, which means that it would be a stand-up fight. He's able to keep the distance, uses boxing, uses 40% punching power, and by the fifth round, he has worn down Chimeyev to the point where he can get probably a rear naked choke or just get a decision. Is rear naked choke your in your eyes the only way, like the, the way he wins this too? Like he just won two. He, we know how Nate wins fight. He spams the one two when the guy's tired. The guy does something sloppy. He gets choked or he gets right. armbarred or something like that. Or this is just the way it is. That's the way it's going to have to happen, man. He's going to have to eat all. He's going to have to jab the shit out of Kamzat. And Kamzat's going to have to get angry. I, it's weird to say this, but Nate's got to get in his head. Nate's got to get this dude fighting irresponsibly. From what I remember about Kamza, I don't he I don't remember him being big on kicks. I don't think he is either. And that's normally um, one of the things that's a downside for either the Diaz brothers. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't check leg kicks if <laughs> um, ever. Mm -hmm. So if. Kamzat doesn't throw many leg kicks at all or kicks just in general in his repertoire. So if he is actually able to keep it standing, he's not going to have to worry about leg kicks, which means that he'll actually be able to plant on his front foot and actually get some some good offense in when it, with his punching. So Kamzat threw 10 leg kicks. Oh, he got 10 strikes to the leg. I'm assuming these are leg kicks because unless he punched his legs when he was on the ground. He got 10 to the Gilbert. None against Lee. He was too busy throwing him in the air like a pizza pie. None on Ger one, he, uh, none on Gerard Michart. None on Reese McKee. In fairness, his first couple fights, he was killing dudes too quickly. And two on uh, John Phillips. Not a huge part of his game. He should do that. If Nate hangs out on the outside, he should try to get as much, try to take out Nate's legs. I'm, I'm assuming Chimeyev, much like the other Dagestanis, is Sambo-based, right? I get whatever, whatever the version, whatever they call their version of just have, have killing mother seen, stuff. Have you ever seen a Dagestani utilize leg kicks on a no? But he does. Basis? He does strike more than them. He strikes a lot. Like he's like he trains in Sweden with Alex Gustafsson. He trains with that team, so he's a little bit more. I think that's why people are so excited about him, Mike. He's got six knockouts, you know, in these eleven fights. So. That being said, I like Kamzat. He's getting a title shot. He kind of got fucked actually. When Leon Edwards won, it kind of fucked him over. Because he's not getting that shot. It's going to Kamaru Usman. We all know this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially with Kamaru's manager being Ali Abdelaziz. He's just in the UFC's pocket. 
Um, that's going to be the best part of the lawsuit, by the way, people, when they start naming the managers. Um, yeah, this is going to be rough. Um, all right. Um, let's do stuff we like. All right, let's do it. Um, all right. I watched a lot of wrestling this past weekend. There was the um, fucking uh, UF, the, the WWE was in um, the UK for the first time for a major show in 30 years. Um, and it, I thought it was a good show. The crowd really liked it, Mike. I don't know if you saw any of this, the Clash of the Castle thing. The thing that they did feel a little, I felt that they didn't pull the trigger. I'm not watching the product. Let me say this. It mm -hmm. felt like a good time. Um, it felt like a good time to take that to, for Drew to win. I don't under, I don't think they had a plan for a way out of this with uh, Roman with a uh, Roman and that title. Mm -hmm. Let me say they. I don't think Vince had a plan. I don't think Vince had a plan because I think literally the plan is for him to fight The Rock, wrestle The Rock in L.A. Right? We've all known this. It got delayed by an entire year because of COVID. I don't think they're bringing The Rock in to beat him. Do you like this is to make Roman? Do they need a rock to lose? Do they need to make Roman even a bigger star? Is that possible? He runs. He's the whole company now. Like, I think not. Mm -hmm. um, I think Roman has finally realized all his popularity. Mm -hmm. um, you can't. I, I can't see the Rock winning because if he's fighting the Rock at WrestleMania, mm -hmm. there's no way that Roman can drop the titles to The Rock. Because The Rock is likely going to be on a movie set the day after WrestleMania because he won't be filming anything beforehand and will likely be, you know, considering his super busy schedule, he'll likely be filming some shit not too long after WrestleMania. So I don't think he'll be sitting for Raws and SmackDowns after WrestleMania. Yeah. So I, it's still what is the exit plan here? Because... You can't have Cody. Mike, your internet sucks. Roman be champion. Oh well, well, thank you for that. Well, I mean, I got you. Your brain, we're losing everything. Just give me a second. All right, say something now. Hi, can you hear me now? That's better. All right, I think it's Cody Rhodes. That's it. That's who's taking that title. That's the only option. I also don't think they need Roman to hold this belt anymore. Like, I think it's two different things. Cody winning the belt is one. Someone taking the belt off him is one thing. The Rock, him facing The Rock is another thing. Those are two different things that can happen. Like, the big I criticism always was, like, with the John Cena Rock program, it was like, we didn't have to make this about a title. Like, everybody was saying, like, you didn't have to, like, shoehorn a title into their thing. It's fine without a title. I don't think every big matchup requires... I don't think you... This is wrestling. You don't need a title on the line necessarily always. You know? Yeah. Um, I think... I think Cody Rhodes come back as a god. He's winning the Rumble, and he's coming back as god. When, but when is Cody coming back? Because Cody had a completely torn pectoral. No, I think they said how long it was going to be. I think they inflated it to make it sound like he was going to be gone longer for what it actually is. I think he'll be back by January, allegedly. I think. I don't think Peck is that. Well, it depends how bad it is. Finn Balor was gone for like a fucking year. It depends if he tore his labrum too. I remember Finn tore everything. Like he tore his. Labrum is. I mean, did, did you see how? Did you see how purple? It was just his chest, though. Cody City was. Yeah, that's a good point. It's just anyway. Um. All right. The uh, cool thing that happened, but I thought they should have had Roman lose to Drew, especially. Um. Then Tyson Fury. Uh. They tried to do a cash in with Austin Theory. 
And then before, when he went up to the timekeeper to give him to, to Chan the briefcase, they had Tyson Fury knock him out, which was funny. That was that was that was cute. Um, the main the show kind of ended with Tyson Fury getting in the ring for no reason and singing "American Pie" with with Drew McIntyre. I'm I mean, Mike, I'm not sure if you saw this. It was fucking surreal. I didn't know what was happening. Um, I, it kind of was weird. I felt nothing of consequence happened on the show besides Dominic Mysterio turning on his dad. So at least that happened. If not, it was very much a house show vibe. Um, I saw like five minutes. I saw like a few minutes of uh, the Worlds Collide thing, the NXT one. They had they sent Ricochet down there to fight this dude named Carmelo Hayes. That was not bad. Um, all the NXT UK people lost, obviously, in their merger matches. Um, saw that. Uh, I saw that. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Mandy Rose won. Uh, what was it the UK women's title? Yeah, they 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 closed NXT UK and just merged all the titles. So fired like everybody but like three dudes. Like they kept like Tyler Bate and they kept. Uh, I think they kept the other dude from Mustache Mountain and I think they kept like like Ginny, which is like Walter's wife or fiance, mm-hmm. and I guess Mako Sadamora and uh, uh, what's her name. Whatever they're calling B Priestley, she was in the match. Um, Blair Davenport, there we go. So, um, okay, then AEW had all out. It's a really uneven pay per view, but a couple cool things was they paid for um, Rolling Stones. Uh, what's the name of the fucking song? Sympathy for the Devil. That's an expensive song for Tony Tony Khan to pay for the rights to. They had MJF come out. We didn't know it was MJF at the time. Win the Battle Royal to get a title shot. We later found out it was MJF. One of us is going to be going to a show probably where he's going to be trying to get that title. I think you're going to see a, t- a new title, new champion, Mike, honestly. Just putting that out there. The trios match with the Hangman and the Dark Order versus the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega uh, was really good. Crowd was really hot for the Dark Order, and it was heartbreaking when they lost. Um, ultimately the young bucks ended up going one and one on the evening though, losing their later backstage fight. Um, I'm reading more about it now in between the show, Mike, great stuff. Um, well, I'm, I'm gonna need you to send me, uh, well, what, what you got. Just honestly, just go to Reddit squared circle and the top like eight stories are about how a steel may have cracked Nick Jackson with a chair, like a, a legitimately, who the hell is a steel? He's the guy who trains CM Punk and he works as a, as a backstage producer. Um, Squared circle. So Tony Khan, Mike, I I think we agree with this. Ten, you kind of know where he's going with stories generally. Like AEW makes sense. So one of Stefan's criticisms, quite frankly, is that it's so like logical that like you know what's going to happen. Uh, he fucked up this time because that crowd was molten hot for the acclaimed. Like Mike, the acclaimed are so over. The acclaimed are like hook levels of over. Okay, and they had him lose to Keith Lee and Swerve. And then after the show, Tony Khan's talking about Keith Lee and Swerve doing the rematch with them at Grand Slam. And they claimed, I think they're from the city, aren't they? Max Caster, his dad, used to play for the Jets. Yeah. Um, and Anthony Bowens is from Jersey. He's from Nutley. So they're from the area, man. Uh, we uh, we know someone very, very well who's from Nutley, New Jersey. That's Hello, right. Jen. Yes. Yeah, you don't listen to this podcast, but... Our our friend's uh, wife is also from Nutley, yeah. New Jersey. Also, ECW legend Balls Mahoney. Don't know if he was really from Nutley. It just went well with the name Balls. Not kidding. That's why they named him. They said he was from there. 
Um, yeah, um, that was great. Main event was a good match between Punk and Moxley. Um, really enjoyed it. Um, some good, good crowd, good camera work and visuals. Um, for it being in Chicago, I'd say at least 20 to 30% were rooting for Moxley still. Um, it's, I think I, I mentioned this to Phil, our friend Phil earlier this week. Just, they should never have Moxley lose, lose that title. Um, what? A-Steel throws a chair and bites Kenny Omega? Yes, that's right. Okay, after the show was over. Uh, I'm not going to give you guys the history of CM Punk and like Scott and uh, Colt Cabana and the whole thing. Long story short, there's some heat between the uh, CM Punk and three members of the three founders of the company who are executive vice presidents, which means they have some sort of roles. We're not exactly clear what they do. CM Punk went scorched earth at the post-match press conference and then went to his locker room. And then these three gentlemen, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, went back there. And then the Young Bucks yelled. This is depends, depends which report you read. And this is wrestling, so it all might be nonsense. Um, they started yelling at each other. Punk was outnumbered. He cracked Matt Jackson. Um, Ace Steel, did he hit Kenny Omega with the, he hit Nick Jackson with a chair? Maybe. Um, he bit Kenny Omega, maybe. His wife was also back there in the melee, so I think Ace might have got there late. I'm not to defend the guy too much, but like his wife was there watching CM Punk's dog during the match. Larry was there. Poor Larry the dog was in the middle of this. That's the most offensive part, if you ask me, Mike. Um, yeah, this was a very unbecoming of everybody involved. CM Punk shouldn't have gone scorched earth at the press conference. You three dudes are executive vice presidents of this company, even if that means nothing. It means something. You're supposed to set an example between the three of you. Yeah. Uh, Chris Jericho apparently now, is coming may, out of this looking like I, roses. May I ask? May I ask? Um because uh, I haven't been watching in the last few weeks. What was it that set CM Punk off? So I, especially especially in regards to Hangman Page. So I guess Hangman went into business for himself and made some comments right. There was that promo he made right before Double or Nothing, which was the show you and I went to, where he started talking about CM Punk being like a locker room cancer and making references. And I guess the basic accusation is that, that, that CM Punk wanted uh, Colt Cabana gone. Due to their prior dispute. Um, according to Tony Khan. He had nothing to do with anything like that. Apparently they were going to just let Colt's contract expire. because, Which I think is believable honestly. Just because Colt Cabana hasn't done shit. In months. A lot of the Dark Order hasn't done shit in months. And like. You know. They let a lot of these dudes go. Um, apparently the Young Bucks. Allegedly. So apparently Hangman made reference to it. The Young Bucks and Kenny, according to Punk, may have been the ones to saying to reporters that CM Punk wanted Colt Cabana out. CM Punk vehemently denies this, says, I have nothing to do with that man. I don't want it. I just... And he, he, he said that these guys are not professionals and they're trying to compromise the first million-dollar gate, which Vegas was the first million-dollar gate this company's ever had. And this, by the way, another one here. Um, CM Punk said the words... This, comp this company's first million dollar gate off my back. Which is true. They weren't doing million dollar gates before this man was in the main event. Let's be honest with ourselves. It's his first yeah. main event in AEW and he was drew a million dollars in Las Vegas during a holiday weekend. It's not a good weekend for wrestling normally in you know Vegas or anywhere. Vegas is a tough town. So not to justify anything he did. Everybody, I think 
it, it's really fun with wrestling fans to act like they're all going to stop watching. Uh, none of us, none of uh, anybody who's following the story, it doesn't matter. You're all going to watch the show. You all live for this shit. Don't lie to yourself. This is what the people want to see. They all live for this, Mike. Um, I always say none of this matters unless it happens on the show. The biggest thing that come out of this thing was MJF. That was, that was, there was a New York Post article about MJF. That was the relevant thing. They probably did 150,000 pay-per-view buys. That's relevant. Um, but this is very, this is unbecoming shit. Um, I think people need to like, maybe it's only children on the internet, but this was just what happened in the 90s in wrestling a lot. Like, you would just read about how Bradshaw was a bully to Steve Blackman without knowing Steve Blackman will fuck up your life. And then you read a story about Steve Blackman beat his ass in an airport. You know, people just got in fights in wrestling in the 90s. They were all pilled out and on steroids. <laughs> like Now everybody plays video games and is like, has meal prep, suitcases full of meal prep. And like, you know, we're talking about anxiety. <laughs> Look, I love that wrestlers aren't doing this stuff anymore, bro. Like, you know, like they're all going to live hopefully. But like, this is like all these people who are dreaming about wrestling in the 90s and wanted this to be the Attitude Era. That's what it was. They had a shoot rest. They had a shoot fighting tournament on TV, just because they what wanted was that? the the brawl, brawl. They just brawl? wanted to see who was the toughest motherfucker back there. Like <laughs> it's what they did, you know. So I don't know. All that stuff was real shitty, but the show was okay. And I'm all about Mac uh, Maxwell Jacob Friedman. The way they did the reveal was that they played a voicemail from Tony Khan saying, "Your continued missing of events is hurting our product." So. This is it. Take or leave it. I'm willing to pay you. And then they beeped out the amount. Uh, you don't have to sign an extension, and I'll put you in the Casino Battle Royal if you're at all out this Sunday. This Sunday. They really played into the bullshit, you know. Um, that was excellent. He came out. Fucking people went wild. MJF. I was. I was telling um, our friend Phil this. If I was WWE, I would throw all the money in the world at this kid if he's a free agent. I would throw all the money at him. And I would throw all the money at Hangman Page. Those two dudes are printing money and they would do well in their system. But I don't know. Hangman Page, apparently, and by the way, everybody was asking where FTR was and why FTR wasn't there to beat up the Young Bucks before CM Punk. They'd already left. Um, FTR Bald's daughter was there, you know, on TV. So like, it's not a demeaning, that's what they call them, FTR Bald and Bald and Hair. Because none of them, no one, their individual names don't matter. They're one unit. Um, yeah. They were gone. Hangman was gone. These guys got to get it together. Chris Jericho literally at they had a they had a locker room meeting where Chris Jericho said, "Let's try to keep everything in house." The fact that I know that he said that really tells you that didn't happen. It's like it was. It's it, but honestly, this shit's silly shit. This and people are trying to find good guys and bad guys. This is real life. Life's not that simple. Sounds like these fucking adults should maybe get into a room. Sounds like East A Steel should lose his job. Uh, sounds like everybody involved should get suspended because Eddie Kingston just got suspended for uh, pie facing uh, Sammy Guevara. I'm not sure you saw that story. Wait, is that like an actual pie face? No, like, like you know, like you know, like pacing the fire. No, when like you know, a guy gets in your face and you put your palm in his face and shove him like a like that type of thing. That movement. Oh, okay. Uh, where I'm from, we call that you getting snuffed. Yeah, there we go. That, that 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 Eddie Kingston got a two week suspension from that. He got he got two weeks for that. Yeah, and so I'm just saying, CM Punk. I mean, look, it sounds like everybody was involved. He's your world champion. You got to. I mean, I'm not saying he I think he was losing a title anyway in New York, but 
we gotta we gotta like well i i've got a few hits hmm. uh first i am gonna be on this uh reddit page for a while that was real after fun. this podcast yeah. <laughs> uh one thing i saw here was the last seven days has gone from people asking who is a steel to why did a steel bite kenny <laughs> is aw's catering not good enough and was ace just hungry and I am not one to defend Eddie Kingston, as it is well established in this podcast and probably on Twitter as well. I hate Eddie Kingston. This is not a work. I don't like the guy. Do a goddamn crunch right on you. Fuck people from Yonkers. Mike Stop doesn't like that Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston reminds Mike of all of his friends. That's why Mike doesn't like him. <laughs> no, no. He doesn't remind me of all of my friends. Mike, I met your friends. Specifically, they are not Eddie Kingston. How uh, dare okay, you? Okay, I'm just saying, some of them. Some no, of the stories you no. tell. Okay, all right. Some they of their Facebook posts got real Eddie Kingston energy. Okay, I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, you're not, you're not wrong. But... Yo, two weeks for snuffing somebody? Yo, Eddie Kingston wanted to punch Sam Guevara, I'm assuming. And Eddie Kingston was being nice by just snuffing him. Because let me tell you something. From my own neighborhoods, if you just if you're just snuffing somebody, that's like the that's like a dog just like barking and kind of just yeah. snapping. It's a, a thing. It's like, yo, look, man, I don't yo, walk away. I'ma just snuff you. Get away. That's some bullshit. Yo, you know what? This one time, this one time. Yo, Eddie, I'm in your corner. After these two weeks are up, go fuck yourself. Oh, he already he's already up. They 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 were gonna oh. they were gonna work the pay-per-view. They didn't they canceled the match. They had uh Eddie fight um tomorrow Ishii. That was awesome. And then and guess they had, what? Uh, go fuck yourself. And then they Eddie. had Sammy and Ty fight Ruby Soho and so Ortiz. And then Ruby Soho, and then Ty broke Ruby Soho's nose. So they're just making friends. <laughs> Oh, like legitimately. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it was on purpose. In fairness, she was, you know, Ty works a style. She works. She's you got to be precise, and you know, sometimes you catch a knee. I think it was a knee. Just fucking cracked Ruby in the nose. Um, yeah, honestly, that whole shit backstage stuff. I just find it all entertaining, but like, nothing wrestling fans want more than for this to be real. That's all they dream for this shit to be real. That's all they love. They want this. They want this predetermined sport. They want these guys to really not like each other, right? And you got MMA fans who just eat it up anytime anybody plays a character, and then will say they hate wrestling. It's wonderful. They're so hand in hand. These two fucking—they're not sports both, but you know what I mean. Like these two different forms yeah. of entertainment. I mean, I don't even think UFC is a sport sometimes. Just to be MMA is barely a sport these days. Um, yeah, and look. People are just making wild comments like, is this the downfall of AEW? When AEW does 1.2 million or something this week, because everybody, this uh, this story keeps... If I'm Tony Khan, I am I am leaking this to every fucking like newspaper I know that I've got a friendly relationship with, which may not exist thanks to Urban Meyer anymore. But if you have any sort of... <laughs> anybody you can leak this to, Tony, like... <laughs> they're going to do over a million on, on the fucking show this week. You know what? Like a million people are going to watch Daniel Garcia fight Wheeler Yuta. It's going to be fun for everybody involved. So everybody calm down. You know, this is, it's it's a goddamn TV show. Everybody chill out. And until it happens on the TV show, nothing happened. That being, since I'm scolding people, can we scold everybody who got offended by She-Hulk? Like. I don't get that, man. People need to chill out. It's people saying it's too silly. It's a show with a Hulk lawyer. 
like, I know we, look, I'm not trying to diminish what you like, because I like it too. We watch, uh, Mike, we watch all the Marvel shit. Like, you you put on tights and fights on a screen, we're watching, okay? That's, we're all about it. But let's not act like, I mean, I think the bigger criticism should be, where the fuck is this show going? We're three episodes in. You know, I'm having a good time, but I don't know what the fuck's going on. And there's only, there's only three episodes left? Oh, I thought it was eight episodes. Well, they got three left. Oh, is yeah. it? Oh, is it eight? I hope oh, it's okay. eight because nothing's happening. Like nothing at all. I'm, I'm, I just, it ain't shit going on. So, and also, anytime there's a woman in a Marvel role and everybody review bombs the stuff, you guys are just making it hard for me to use review websites. Just, just saying, just saying. Um, nine episodes, by the way. Oh, cool. All so, right. So no other is going kind of slow. Yeah, it's it's the last episode of phase four of the TV series. Um. So anyway, um, the last movie is Wakanda Forever, which they might they find a way to make me excited about that. Mike, good job. Um, yeah, I don't know. People, calm the fuck down, man. Um, and I don't know if I've talked about this a bunch of times. I know. I think you watched the show, uh, The Bear. Yeah, I am on episode six. I just finished six. We, me and me and my girlfriend watched two at a time, like every weekend. So we watched the two. We were down to two left. Uh, Jeremy Allen White's a really good actor in this man. He's doing a good job. It's a lot of lip, quite frankly. A lot of it is him playing lip from Shameless, but less like unhinged. Smart. You know. Um, I like that Maddie Matheson's in the show, just as like a <laughs> like acting, like. People are watching this show, The Bear. The fat dude, Fack, who came and like fixed, who comes to like fix their stove. It's a fucking like world class chef. Like he's got a ton of YouTube videos about like how Wait, good is, is Matt is Maddie Matheson Fack. Yeah, that's Maddie Matheson, oh, the fat okay. dude. Like he's okay. a world class chef. Like if I'm if wow, I'm, and, and and in the show he's like just trying to be a cook. Yeah, he's just trying to be a cook. He's just a fucking like you know, kind of a scumbag from the neighborhood, but he's just a Canadian dude. Who's, you know, a really good chef. So was he, was he like the chef consultant on the show? I wonder if he was because it's, I mean, them just putting it in there, him in there was, uh, was interesting. Um, but I'm trying to see if like Maddie Matheson is really, maybe he's a producer. Nope. He's just on the show. Three episodes. He's good on it. The show's really good. I, I like that you're slowly learning more and more about the brother as it goes on. Um, the guy playing, what's Cousin's name? Uh, no idea. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like the guy, yeah, who, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. the number two in the restaurant. Um, Richie. Okay. This dude, uh, Eben Moss uh, Backrack, he's really good in this show too. Um, I, I don't remember what I saw him in before. But I remember what whatever that was, he was good in it too, and I don't fucking remember. Oh, Punisher. He played Micro in the Punisher show. He was good in that too. Um, this is a really good show. You should check it out. It's only eight episodes, I think. And it's on Hulu. Enjoy it while you're still willing to pay for the Disney bundle. So Indeed. Yeah, things are getting expensive. Um, I'm just all over the place. That's what I got this week. What do you got, buddy? Uh well, I guess not, man. I don't know if it's a quick thing or not, but um, I spent last, oh, uh, you're, you're muted, buddy. It's like, I just ran my mouth for like 15 minutes. doesn't have to be a quick thing. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> uh, so I spent 
last weekend, um, well, not this weekend, weekend before this one, in Salt Lake City uh, for family reasons, as you guys uh, heard last week, at why I missed the show. Uh, but what I got back from over there is my nephew, shout out to Samuel, he gave me his PlayStation VR um, setup, uh, and I hooked it up this past weekend. I bought Beat Saber, Iron Man VR, and some some zombie game. And yo, not for nothing, PlayStation VR is fucking amazing. Um, Beat Saber, you know, I'd played at one of those, you know, like arcade games. So like arcade machines before. So I'd played it before. I knew it was pretty awesome. I when I fired up Iron Man though, that was a legitimate thrill. Um, you do you know that feeling you get when like let's say you jump from like a high place or like if you're in a in a roller coaster, that like feeling in your stomach you get when oh you're, you're muted. Yeah. So when I first took off in the Iron Man game, I actually got that feeling in my stomach. And I was just grinning from ear to ear while playing it. It's it's an amazing experience. I'm amazed that you're able to get so immersed in, I'm assuming the PlayStation VR doesn't cost that much. Um, it's a very immersive experience. Um, I thoroughly was enjoying my time this past weekend uh, playing with it. Um, it took a little bit of time to get the things set up. Um, I had to jerry-rig the, the camera to stay on top of my TV with some double-sided tape and some, some, some other little things, but really enjoy it. Um, Wait, so is, it, would, is there like newer versions? I mean, why'd you, why'd he give it to you? Let me just ask that question. Does he like getting a newer one or is it just he didn't want it? I'm just curious. Like, cause they're not so cheap. I, th I think the reason why he gave it away is I don't think he really uses it very much. And his younger brother got an, he calls it an Oculus, but uh, I mean, I looked at that shit. It ain't no Oculus. I mean, it's, it's a visor. It is, but I, I think he just got, an, uh, I think his brother just got an updated version of the PlayStation VR. Um, so I just think he just had it and didn't need so it. So can anymore. you like, what's the game library situation then? Like, cause like, can you, is there like. Like, are there any like sports games in there yet? I don't know. What I just did was I already knew Beat Saber was already a, a PlayStation game. But what is Beat Saber? What I uh, have you never heard of Beat Saber before? Is it like a lightsaber game where you're just slicing shit? I'm just guessing. It's it's basically like Guitar Hero. It's basically like Rock Band meets lightsabers. Okay, that makes sense. Like I already yeah. got what you said, but okay. I th yeah. I was gonna say that seems like you know. That would make sense. It, it, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, I downloaded the the Lady Gaga package, so uh, that that was pretty cool. Um, I might download the, the BTS package as well, you know, because why not? But besides that, Iron Man was really good. So what I did was that I just went on the internet and I just top, typed in top PlayStation VR games, and it led me to Iron Man. It led me to Arizona Sunshine, which that one I didn't particularly enjoy but mainly because i don't exactly know how to work the controls yet so i'm probably gonna play around with it next weekend uh when star I have wars, i'm not working they got a star wars wrote a star wars squadrons game 
I'm interested in this Texas game, in this Tetris game, because I'm not sure how it's even going to work. Um, I saw that, and I had that same thought where I don't know how it works, and I, you know, I, I bought three games this weekend. Uh, let, let me wait like a week at least yeah. before buying. Yeah, when, when I come, uh, when I come to stay with you, we get, we need Tetris. <laughs> we need Tetris. <laughs> I want to just be waving my arms like fucking vertical, fucking sideways. Like I'm, I'm like an air traffic controller is what I want to look like basically when I'm playing Tetris. That's pretty cool, man. I, uh, I, I remember the last PS5 game I got. I, 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 if Mark was here, he would tell everybody the PS Plus games for September. Um, I don't know what they are. Do you, do you happen to know? I'm trying to find them, but I also don't understand necessarily what. Okay. Um, it looks like Need for Speed Heat uh, is coming out. It's out now of September. Um, Grand Blue Fantasy. Don't know what that is. We need Mark. Um, yeah, it's a Need for Speed Heat and Tome is a game coming out for those of us who have the PlayStation Plus Essential. And if you're paying extra, you got Deathloop, um, you get Deathloop, uh, Assassin's Creed Origins also. So anyway, Mark will be back next week to pick up the slack on all the video game stuff. I think there's some big PlayStation event happening, PlayStation Plus event happening September 20th. Um, bunch of games are going to be added. Apparently, if you've got one of the higher level stuff, um, including Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2, Raymond Legend, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, Watch Dogs 2. I mean, you just go to the store and buy these games for five bucks you used at GameStop. Just putting that out there. Um, this whole fucking PlayStation Plus thing, Mike, does, has it done anything for you? The higher level stuff? The ones that like the, the, the tiers? No. No. No fucking way, huh? Nothing for me. Yeah. I mean, it helps that I paid for PlayStation Plus for another two years already. And I'm not interested in giving them more money for games I'm not going to play. Um, all right. We're going to be back next week. Now that we've rambled long enough. We're going to be back next week. We're going to see what happened at UFC 279. Um, <laughs> if Nate Diaz wins, we might start the podcast laughing for about 15 minutes. Uh, we, might, we might just need to skip ahead at that point. Um, the UFC is going to have a card next week, too. Um, it's really, quite frankly, good at the top and then questionable as fuck after that because it's a um, apex card so Corey sanhagen song yadong great fight giga chikadze sadiq Youssef, another great fight got chidi enja kawani on there tanner boser aspen lad sarah mcmahon there's some people but uh they aren't asking people to pay tickets pay money for tickets to this thing so why are they asking you to pay money to watch it even on espn plus mike how about that question huh it's not good enough mm -hmm. for a crowd why is it good enough for me to watch at home Hmm? Well, you don't have to travel, you know. And what else are you doing with your Saturday? Uh, next Saturday? That's a good point. Because the Saturday, is, uh, 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 you know what? Maybe they're just taking a dive because next weekend is all about NFL. <laughs> it's where we're going to see the Jets start that season 1-0, and right, Mike? Uh, who are we facing? I don't know. I saw a thing that's uh, if you want to bet on the Bills to win the Super Bowl, it's plus 550. But if you want to bet on any city, any state, any team from New York or New Jersey to win the Super Bowl, it's plus 450. Meaning that, like, just if you have it in the back of your head, maybe the Bills don't win. Maybe the Zach Wilson's got a dog in him bullshit means he learned how to play football. <laughs> maybe you... <laughs> yeah, Mike, you're interested in that bet, aren't you? It's your way of making money and still betting on the Jets in some way. 
<laughs> no, what? No, I would just bet on the Bills. The Jets have no chance of winning the goddamn Super Bowl. Yeah, but Saquon over in New York, baby. How about him, huh? Yeah, and Daniel Jones is under center. Like, no, that's that's a, that's a shit bet. Just bet on the Bills. You can bet on the, the state of California winning the Super Bowl at plus 325. Honestly, as a that's, Niner that's fan, not bad. that's not bad. I'm looking at that one. I'm just like, I like the Rams. I like us. <laughs> Out of the NFC, you don't know. You know what I mean? That's not a bad bet. You know, Aaron Rodgers is going to blow to the playoffs. You know that anyway. So just go ahead and eliminate the North. <laughs> um, all right. We've been babbling long enough. This is, off. This is an hour and a half. Back next week. Go Nate Diaz. Um, we'll see what comes out of that. We'll see if we get this other stuff booked official, this uh, Jake Paul, Anderson Silva stuff. And yeah, there's nothing else of consequence happening. So until next week, I was Dr. Law. That was Lavender Gooms for DJ Mark. Thank you all so much. Uh, see y'all next week. Peace out. Peace. Another thing Mark was the Last of Us Part 1 remake actually came out last week. It's pretty good. That already, wait, Last of Us Part 1 remake? Yeah, because the original came out back in 2013. So we're just, we're just going to milk this shit for every dollar we can, huh? Well, I, I spent 60 bucks on it, so they got, they are milking me. Ah, oh, fair enough. All right, guys. Thank you. Goodbye. Peace.